No, no. Strap him down, but leave his stomach uncovered. That's where the tadpole will spawn from. No, no. Strap him down, but leave his stomach uncovered. That's where the tadpole will spawn from. The man in charge shouts the directions. He tears through the cupboards in the small house, discarding the unrequired items with crashes on the floor. Across the room from him is a bare-chested young man being strapped to a table by a giant blue bipedal frog with twisted ashen horns and two massive spiked claws on the back of each hand. The frog easily holds the young man down with one hand on his chest as it binds him to the table. As the frog finishes the work, the man in charge stands up with a large glass jar in his hands and a gleam in his eye, and he smiles to himself as he walks over to the table. The young man's cries of pain intensify as he struggles against his bonds, and the skin of his belly expands upwards quickly before retracting. It's almost time, the man with the jar says calmly as he strokes his small black beard. Orobok, no matter what happens, I need that tadpole alive. I only pray this time that it's green, he says to the giant blue frog. Orobok lets out a low, a rumbling chur as a response, which seems to satisfy the man in charge. He steps closer to the young man before inverting the jar and placing it firmly over his abdomen. He holds it there to the best of his ability, and the young man's spasms continue. He moves the jar along with him, and during the struggle, a small red gemstone on a leather thong works its way out of the man in charge's robes. The amulet gleams in the candlelight, and Orobok's eyes snap towards it, stealing the entirety of his attention, and a darkness settles over his amphibian face. The young man lashes the table, lurches one final time, and ceases to move. There's a moment of silence as the bearded man concentrates on the jar, and Orobok covets the amulet. Then there's what can best be described as an explosion as some small creature erupts from the dead man's abdomen to the back of the glass jar. The bearded man snaps up the jar and screws on the lid with the speed that belies his age, and a cruel smile forms on his face. Arabak, look, your brother is green. Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This, a podcast exploration of the creatures from Dungeons and Dragons and the lore that surrounds them. Creatures, welcome to the fourth and final part of M. February. I am your co-host, Freeman Zanzost Heiston, and today I am joined by my my usual co-host. You know him as James Chorst Kid, of course, and he will be bringing us through a creature that he has been talking about doing for a very long time since we started this. I think we started dividing up creatures that we wanted to claim for ourselves. It will be the Sladi. Uh, these are, uh, I read these a long time ago, but I remember almost nothing about them. Um, but if you want to follow <laughs> along, <laughs> uh, you can uh, you can find them on uh, pages 274 to 278. That's, wow, that's four whole pages of the Monster Manual. 
and uh, and it I, I didn't know this, but uh, we're going to be looking at a page from the module Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, apparently, on page 265. So spoilers ahead, I guess, if you're playing that adventure. Yeah, so if you are playing the adventure, there's a little bit of a spoiler there. There's not a lot, um, and it's not like a proper spoiler, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll let you know when we get there. Uh, I have been talking about doing Slatty since pretty much day one. Uh, I don't know what draws me to these creatures, but I absolutely adore them. The aesthetic, the concept, like everything about them, I'm I'm I really enjoy. I like how grungy they are. They're like these grim, dark, giant humanoid toads, and their lore is really really cool as well, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. I'm uh, I'm excited. Before we start, I should put up a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, against my better judgment and all of Freeman's warnings, I decided this was going to be one episode as opposed to a suite when it really, really should have been a suite. Uh, <laughs> we talked about doing it in February. You were like, oh, we just do slotty at the end. I was like, D- didn't, you, didn't you say that would be like a whole suite? And you're like, nah, it's not that bad. It's not quite suite worthy, but it'll be a little bit longer. <laughs> and, yeah, uh... it, is, it, it still isn't quite suite okay. worthy but it is going to be a longer episode so strap in yeah fair enough <laughs> there are i think six different stat blocks that we're going to go over six okay and, all right uh, big one there is there's a lot of lore a lot of which i cut for the sake of of time and convenience so okay we aren't going to get nearly as deep and detailed with these as we could mm-hmm. though it's still going to be to the same level that we normally do though there will be no cultural lore whatsoever <laughs> in this episode it it has been pre-cut for the sake of time, ambition, and my mental health. <laughs> We've already gone through fro- frog facts this month, so it's fine. <laughs> we don't need more. Okay, yeah. digging in. Slatty. Episode four. <laughs> <laughs> so these uh, these creatures appeared every edition. One through fifth edition. They have been around forever. And they have a common ancestor to... a. Uh, a bunch of other creatures, some that we've covered in the suite, including Bullywugs, and some that we are yet to cover, like Doppelgangers, Kuatoa, Lokatha, and uh, three creatures that don't have a 5e analog but are still really worth looking up. The Civ, which is essentially a, a grung again. Yeah, we, well, I mentioned those in, in either Bullywug or, or Froggy Myth. Yeah, Taco, which is like a, an ant... I don't want to say a humanoid... But definitely like a an octopus that uses tools. Okay. And the Koparu, which is another frog like thing. Um I don't I, I think that one's probably got origins in, in Asian culture, but I have uh no information nor did I bother to find it. Fair enough. Because they don't exist in five yeah. <laughs> So the common ancestor between all these uh these I want to call them amphibioids, but that's not necessarily true, <laughs> even though they are all technically amphibians. Right. Um, they're called the Batraki. Okay. They are a created race from Abertoril, and they are led by the deity Ramanos, which we touched on in Bully Wars. Mm-hmm. The sleeping god and or primordial. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and the word Batraki comes from Batrakian, which is uh, a, a Latin term for a tailless amphibian, specifically in the Anora order. Oh. And that's as as real world as we're going to get, because I just thought I, I wanted to know where that came from. Okay. That's a really, really cool, yeah, cool word. So all slad are humanoid with long claws and nails with these long, wide mouths and sharp teeth. 
That is about the only common thread between each and every slot. They are all different. Okay. They vary in appearance greatly from size, eye proportions. Some of them have wing things. Some of them have snake-like hair. Some of them have more claws. Like they're they're as varied of a race as you can possibly imagine. Neat. They absolutely prize this level of individuality. Okay. So they're they're super proud of the differences, and that's why they each one looks different in the monster manual. But each one under each of those. Um, I'm going to say cast again, even though that's not technically mm-hmm. true. Uh, order. Is, is <laughs> order, yeah, is very unique. Okay, cool. They live in gangs of about six to ten, though they could theoretically live in, in single units or as many as thousands. Uh, they haven't been known to have armies, but also they've kind of been had an army or two. It's really weird and and varied and it changes so you can do whatever the fuck you want with slot. <laughs> cool. Uh the single form of the word is slot and the plural is slotty, so if if we interchange those words, please forgive us. <laughs> it is uh it is a very confusing plural. <laughs> I'm gonna call them slatopuses. Slatopuses. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Slatopi. <laughs> they operate in an undisciplined hierarchy based on deference to power. So it's not a social structure so much as it is uh, a, a con- conglomerated respect that's i want to say bred into them mm. but it's more at like a genetic level yeah okay so like i mean so, you mean like literal physical power literal physical okay. power yeah the strong rule the weak simply with brute force and it usually goes red and blue are ruled by green green are ruled by gray and Deathslad are akin to kings and are thought of as the other ones as perfect. Oh, Deathslad. I like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah. Though, in our edition, there are rumors of more powerful Slad known as black and white. Mm. They are nomadic creatures and have no permanent homes and they rarely construct anything, shelters, or even use tools. They're always on the move, searching for food or singular displays of chaos. They're native to Limbo, which is the chaotic neutral outer plane in the Great Wheel, which has a constantly shifting landscape. And living in Limbo, they were essentially provided for. All they really needed was food and and chaos, which they got. So they have no real concept of ownership. Okay. Like ownership of, like, material goods. Yeah, material goods, yeah. yeah. Uh, And because of this chaotic, nomadic nature, they revere strength as the greatest, if only, virtue. Uh, and they often flex against others in a gag, and this is seen as an acceptable pastime. Oh, okay. (laughs) So basically, they roam around, and the strongest are leaders because the strongest probably help them survive against any threats, and because that's about the only thing they really attach themselves to. They just, uh, they oil up and Greco-Roman wrestle in front of each other. I think they just bully each oh, other. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't tend to resort to violence against each other, oh, okay. though it is though it does happen. Yeah, uh, and some of them are shape changers. They can change into the creatures they were spawned from, and these uh, then tend to return to the mortal plane to sow more chaos. So the only thing they want in life is is chaos and change. Okay, so creature they were spawned from. I have a vague idea in my head what that is going to mean, but uh, again, I don't remember much about these creatures. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll get into that. Okay. Um, but first, we're going to touch on something called the spawning stone. Mm. So this is 
gospel in fifth edition as far as i can tell but it was just a fury in other editions long ago primus the lord of mechanis which is a the lawful neutral domain mm-hmm. made a giant stone infused with the power of law he then cast the stone into limbo believing it would bring order to the realm but all it did was uh, absorb the chaos okay as its power grew it became possible for creatures with calm minds to settle in limbo specifically githzari and mordrans which we'll touch on in other episodes mm. Mordrons are little clockwork creatures yeah. native to uh, mechanis and gizerai are one of the two gith uh zerai and yanki mm. but the chaotic energy absorbed by this sp- stone spawned horrors that eventually became known as the slotty the stone is now referenced to as the spawning stone and as creatures of pure chaos their natural enemies are the Mordrons, and they will attack them on sight mm. uh, and immediately after their creation, they raised every Mordron enclave in limbo. They hate these things. <laughs> okay. I find it uh, so strange. So you have these lawful neutral creatures, the Mordrons, and and they entered this chaotic neutral realm. And then they're immediately attacked on sight because they're lawful. Um, But, like, what are they doing there? <laughs> That's what I'm kind of wondering. And do they attack on sight as well? It sounds like a whole lot of chaos because something lawful is around. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's not far off. Mm. But that's that's it for the Spawning Stone lore okay. in 5th edition. So we'll touch on the reproduction here. Uh, each color of slad reproduces in a different way. Uh, red spawn blue and green, and they reproduce by implanting humanoid hosts with eggs. Blue spawn red and green uh, through a disease known as Chaos Phage, and green transform into gray and death slotty. So they essentially go undergo this this metamorphosis. Okay. So oh, okay. All right. So they're laying they're laying eggs within people. That's that's why they can shape change to the what spawn the form that spawned to them essentially. Yeah. So they can they can form uh, sh- change their shape to the humanoid host that spawned. Mm-hmm. So that's blue and green specifically. Red are spawned through um, the disease known as Chaos Phage. Crazy. Do we have more information on Chaos Phage? We have more information on Chaos Phage uh, in the... Well, a little bit more. Okay. Um, sure. Spoiler, it's in the religion section. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll wait then. Uh, there was a there's a huge paragraph on uh, Forgotten Realms about their culture and their society, but I I just decided to condense it down pretty aggressively. Mm-hmm. Uh, coercion and trade are seen as nearly impossible with the Slatty, uh, so you're you're more likely to be attacked. So they they're not um, uh, a race you do business with. Yeah, they're not up for negotiations. <laughs> No, and they tend to refuse to see reason, so even if you try and barter with them where they will win the barter, they will then react with rage. <laughs> um, and they see flattery exclusively as trickery. There is no possible oh, way you can flatter a slatty, yeah. and it will immediately enrage them. Why are you wasting my time? Just die already! Chaos in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, so instead, they'll use cruelty to get what they want because it's been normalized in their culture. Mm. And other beings aren't anything to them. They're they're not concepts to be bartered or traded with. They're just tools or toys to get what they want. And they love conflict and despise war. 
they see war as a corruption of their ideals. If all fights for one cause, it destroys their individuality, which I just thought was awesome. Oh, that is kind of interesting. Yeah. And because they're so proud of their individuality. That is kind of neat. They all can't believe in the same cause. Yeah. Right? It's funny how like how strongly uh, they can believe in individuality and avoid such a thing, but yet they they have so many shared things such as such as these uh, things like not trusting flattery or refusing to barter or some such. And they don't have a uh, a religion per se because they don't recognize traditional gods or primordials. They do, however, have their own pantheon called the Slad Lords. And they were in first and second edition, and they're more like demigods or the demon lords. So think more like uh, the Demogorgon or mm. um, why are all the devils are slipping my mind right now? <laughs> uh, Beelzebub. I don't remember them either. <laughs> Asmo- uh, Asmodeus? Asmodian? Yeah, Asmode- Asmodeus is the mm. like the leader of the devils. He's more like a god than a, uh, than a, yeah. than a devil lord, but... You know what I'm talking about. I, the, the one from the cover of Descent into Avernus is, is a... I'm throwing down what you're picking up. Yeah. So we have a couple of these um, here. They're not all of them. There is more. The first is Basim Gorag, known as the Firebringer, the champion of chaos, uh, specifically through murder and mayhem. Mm-hmm. There is Chorst, the Lord of Randomness, who is inconsistent and embodies chaos. Is that why you gave yourself that nickname? I thought it would be a fun antithesis. (laughs) James embodies chaos. (laughs) Best joke of the show. (laughs) Uh, uh, Renbu, the Lord of Colors, who is pretentious and artistic with the power to alter hues and patterns, which I thought was really cool. Like you can just decide Mm. one day that Plaid is now polka dots. Does he actually like change it, or or does he just say no? You have now have to call plaid polka dots. <laughs> I, I mean, the power to alter hues and patterns. So I would imagine so. Yeah. All right, all right, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Norsar the many, who is able to pull hundreds of copies of itself from other moments in time to the present. Mm-hmm. There is an episode. Uh, there's an issue of X Factor Investigations where Quicksilver does that. And it's really neat. Oh, sweet. Uh, Sendam, the Lord of Madness, uh, who is the essence of insanity, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> He's the quintessence. <laughs> is that kind of bullshit? Yeah. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Yagoro is the Lord of Entropy and the personification of death and deity. This is the top of their pantheon. This is their Zeus, y- Yagoro. Okay. And Ore Nas. Uh, is not one of the lords, but she is a slad lord. Because she bloated and converted her lover's corpse into the phage breeding grounds. The phage oh. breeding grounds are layer 53 of the abyss, and they are an endless mass of decaying intestines made from the corpse of Ramanos, god of the bullywogs. Holy shit. <laughs> uh... So she was what she was she what she was lover of Ramanos yep, then? Yeah, she was one of Ramanos's lovers and she ended up murdering him, bringing his body to the abyss and turning <sighs> his decaying intestines into a level of the abyss where the phage chaos phage the the disease is is contrived and bred. That's fucked up. <laughs> uh that's so cool. I mean that that explains cuz I remember did, I remember touching on that with uh with the Bullywogs where um Ramanos was like you know 
is there was like a very brief note of like you know it's it, people aren't even sure if he's still alive um or if he's just sleeping or, w or where he's at or what because he just doesn't do anything um but there's there's the evidence not alive <laughs> he's dead and layer 53 of the abyss that's so messed up. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> this is why I sent you that message the other day that we may have just yeah. chanced into doing this in the exact right order. <laughs> we really did. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, and the last thing we're going to touch on is a variant rule that exists in 5th edition called Control Gems. So in early editions, when emerging from the spawning stone, it implanted a fragment of itself in the slot's brain. Uh, you can actually see it in some of the art from earlier editions. Uh, here's a green slab from second edition where you can see the stone in, in, its, in its head. Oh, yeah. So this, this shard takes the shape of a magic gem about three centimeters in diameter. In the book, it says it's about the size of a baby's fist, but as somebody who doesn't own a baby, I have no fucking idea how big <laughs> that is, so I just assume it's about three centimeters. <laughs> You don't own a baby? <laughs> no, no, I'll never own a baby. Um, <laughs> I'm like looking around my room to, to try and figure out what what, what might be comparable. <laughs> yeah, so... I'd... Half the size of your mouse. How about that? Okay. <laughs> yeah, about three centimeters. And this is located on the forehead just below the skin. Though another creature can use magic to take the gem, and whoever has the gem can then control that slat. Uh, the slat is immune to charm oh. while being controlled. Uh, and... It actually lists a few spells that can take the gem out, which is imprisonment or wish. Or if you're feeling crazy, mm -hmm. you can attempt a DC 20 medicine check to remove the gem. If you fail, it deals 40 10 damage to the slab, and the spell Greater Restoration can just straight up destroy the gem. Okay. And then in a... uh, so we have like an instant. So if you destroy the gem, do they die? Nope. They just can't be controlled anymore. Oh, okay. Oh, so, I mean, would they not go out of their way to destroy their own gem? Is there a reason they are attached to these things? Uh, I, this is a variant rule, so they don't give a whole lot of information in 5e. Uh, okay. This is just a way to allow you to control them, essentially. Mm. Um, there's there's okay. no reason for it. Because <laughs> I'm also thinking, too, like this seems to be rare, because the order of operations is that isn't that the, the original slotty were spawned from the spawning stone? But then from there they can they can continue to spawn new ones, but it's not they're not related to the stone. So yep. really, only a rare few would have these control gems. Exactly. So like using this variant rule stands to reason it would be an extremely rare circumstance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm okay. sending you a bunch of the one E art in the chat right now. <laughs> in order, we have <laughs> the the red slide, the blue slide, the gray slide, and the death slide, and they. This art is is terrible, and I love it so much. <laughs> not o not only is it terrible, they're all in black and white. There's no color here at all. <laughs> there's there's the green slide too. Like it's just to take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I I labeled all of our art very carefully this week. <laughs> I want one of our listeners to throw those in the paint and and paint them for us. Okay. <laughs> and there's the death slide from second edition. You can you can see the gem on its forehead there. Oh yeah, uh, and each each fragment of the gem has different markings that are unique to each slat. So as it kills, uh, partakes in duels, conquers things, the gem takes on these markings and these um, these runes that are specific to each slat. Hmm. 
gem feels like a bit of a stretch of a term based on what you're what we're looking at there yeah like i think gem but, you know something that's a bit more shiny and whatever and this is looks like a like kind of a flat carved disc or something right it, i mean it is under the skin so like there's that mm-hmm. but oh yeah that's okay that's fair that's yeah. fair and there's a death slide from third edition which is just batshit that's such that's such <laughs> mental art it, it looks like a really weird action figure you'd get in like the 80s and 90s yeah it definitely looks like a he-man villain <laughs> What's yeah? What's that sword? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, that's that sword. Oh, that's a good one. Check out Instagram with that one, the guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even describe it. It's got entirely two. It's got like two sets of like winged things coming out of it for no reason at all. It was very <laughs> clearly drawn in the '90s, where things were just so yeah. extreme. Like even his staff yeah. has way too many barbs on it. I know you might not get this, but a listener might. It, it kind of looks like what passed for a badass sword in like early world of warcraft (laughs) where it's like it's not really badass it's just like super cheesy nerd design (laughs) like mall ninja kind of shit Oh, okay yeah i definitely i definitely don't get that (laughs) yeah (laughs) someone will someone be like oh now i get it (laughs) okay Uh, and here is an image of the all the colors in fourth edition uh okay well, yeah, a lot of variance in size and shape there. Cool. Uh, and that's it for the lore. We have a couple of honorable mentions here. The first is Sorel, which is a death slot lieutenant of Ugoral, who is training to become the Lord of Anarchy. Okay. This appears in Dragon Magazine number 221. The next one is Jean Jost, is an interplanar researcher and writer whose style was marked by tangents on food and their inability to count. Okay. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. So imagine you're reading like a research paper and they just go off on this, uh, this side tangent for no reason about an orange. And (laughs) when they're doing math, they, they're just completely incapable of addition um, or, or like (laughs) counting numbers whatsoever. Oh my God. And that is, and that is a named honorable mention. <laughs> that is a named honorable mention. That is a blue slide that appears in both the inner planes from third edition and the faces of evil, the fiends from fourth edition. It's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I can count. Thank you very much. I don't know why you gave me that nickname. <laughs> it was just um, my favorite. I do, go on, I do go on tangents, though. <laughs> so that's, that's fair. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more named slads. These were just the two that I thought were the coolest. Like the one okay. training to become the the Lord of Anarchy and one who who is like writing this very serious thesis and just one seven <laughs> fifteen six. Yeah. And this 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 reminds me of an interesting analogue that I often use in the construction and of hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's thematically appropriate, right? Because they're they're yeah. they're chaos incarnate, so their inability to yeah. count Can makes sense because well. counting is order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's so true. Counting was was one of our first steps to ordering. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, as a species, I guess. As a civil, as a society, we live in a society. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Uh, and we have a couple of variants from other other um, 
editions. The first is the Gormeal from 3rd edition, which is spawned as the uh, antithesis of Slad and usually allies of Gizzarai. There is an image of them on Forgotten Realms, but it, it's really bad, so I didn't even bother. Okay. The next one is the Mud Slad from 3rd edition, which is uh, the goofiest looking Slad. And it is the lowest rank and is considered cowardly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's got some nasty looking teeth, but uh, but it does look like it. It look it looks a bit like a plush toy, an ugly plush toy. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever seen Batman the animated series, it has the same smile as the Mad Hatter. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the next one is the Black Slad from Third and Fourth Edition, also known as the Void Slad. They are rare and powerful with entropic abilities. And there's a picture from third edition. Oof. That's creepy. They just look like pure shadow. Yeah, they're really neat. They've absorbed all light around them. I love that art so much. Painted with Vanta Black. Yes, yeah. Well, uh, there's another one that's more <laughs> black, but yes. Is there? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, 99PI has a great episode on, on, on black. Crazy. The next one is the White Slad from 3rd and 4th edition, a.k.a. the Kronos Slad, and it has power over time and chaos itself, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I imagine oh, this looks... is just like uh, like Golden Sonic <laughs> with, with all the chaos emeralds, and that's what this means. It looks like a... It looks like a... A, a, a character from like a bad... Uh, borderline claymation like fighting game from the 90s <laughs> okay this is the exact same cgi as colm fjord had in the chronicles of riddick <laughs> oh there's your deep cut of the episode uh, <laughs> holy jeez there's a lot of art here and some of it's great and some of it's so bad yeah. <laughs> there's a wide range here <laughs> The Instagram's gonna be packed this month, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. But that's that's it for Sladlore. We we got through that a lot faster than I thought Ooh. we would. All right. Which uh, brings us to our quick reprieve. Oh, boy. Of our very oh, own boy. Void Slad, Black Man. <laughs> Vanta Blackmail. I like that. For all your. <laughs> All your mechanical needs. <laughs> Let pa paint me a picture with the Vanta blackmail. <laughs> blackmail, the best kind of mail. <laughs> you'll never, you'll never illuminate me on this subject. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> All right, we have uh, we got a bunch to go through here. Um, I, I put each stop block on its own page, so it should be easier to navigate, and hopefully makes more sense. Cool, because uh, they're not small. So the first one we're going to go over is the Slad Tadpole. This is the creature that uh -huh. explodes out of you because they are gestated like Ugh. like xenomorphs, essentially. Mm. Chest burster. Yes, exactly. In Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, there's a variant rule where players start with a secret that has to be revealed mm. either in a specific time in the story, which the, mo or which the module does specify, or uh, come up in roleplay. Oh, Oh, right, okay. One of those secrets is Slad Host. A red Slad has <laughs> implanted a pellet-sized egg in you before you started your adventuring career. You have two months to get rid of it, or the egg will gestate inside you, and a Slad Tadpole will burst from your chest, killing you. It will then quickly grow into an adult Slad and kill even more people. So good. <laughs> yeah. And this, this came up in our game. It did, yeah. 
It came out very quickly, in fact. <laughs> uh, yes, very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, we didn't wait two months before our Goliath barbarian decided they were pregnant, even though they were male. <laughs> well, spoilers, there is uh, when it you were not far off from the part in the adventure where it says this would be a good time for the slad to burst out of your oh, really? chest. Yeah. Yeah. The, the book specifies good times for these secrets to come up. Yeah. Um, and you, but I thought we had, we had destroyed it before then. Didn't you we did? Yeah. Or did we think we did? No, you, okay. you did. Yeah. You were, mm-hmm. but you destroyed it maybe two sessions before we got to that point. Oh, in the adventure. No because, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. The first two chapters That's are a awesome. sandbox and this is one of those that come up in the sandbox. Yeah. Uh, the tadpole is CR18, 10 HP, AC12, tiny, chaotic, neutral, aberration. Understands slide but can't speak. And it has damage resistance to acid, cold, fire, lightning, thunder, dark vision, 60 feet. Hot damn. It has the stats okay. of a tadpole um, that you would imagine they're real bad. I'll let you guys look them up on your own. <laughs> and it has one ability, which is magic resistance, uh, which Yay. will consistent will, will be a constant through all these advantage on saves versus spells and magical effects okay as a single attack which is a bite it is a plus four to hit uh five foot reach and one d4 plus two pure okay <laughs> the tadpole fully grows into an adult 2d12 hours after escaping <laughs> sorry you almost said sad pole <laughs> yeah I know. well it is a sad pole <laughs> it's so sad <laughs> Um. Okay. Cool. I love it. It's got 10 HP, but it's got all this resistance, <laughs> as if it's going to matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess continuity. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, maybe you. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's. Uh. I mean, I guess setting the seed is probably the appropriate terminology in every sense, uh, for the rest mm-hmm. of the adventures. So like this, this could be a great. You know, you're you're sitting at a bar or a diner having dinner and. This uh, slad pole comes out, you know, uh, a la Spaceballs. Right. <laughs> and I really do think they uh, they 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 made a misstep here not calling it the slad pole. Uh, I mean, yeah. Why, like, just embrace the pun. Do it. <laughs> it's right there for you, Wizards. You can, you can have it for 6th edition. <laughs> Our gift to you. Yeah. <laughs> so many gifts we've given. Yeah. <laughs> If you, you mail us a C and D, our next gift will be not covering sixth edition. <laughs> the uh, the next slad on our list in order of ascending CR is the red slad, aka the blood slad. CR five ninety three HP fourteen AC, large chaotic neutral aberration. Uh, I love the art for for this in the monster manual. The five E art for this is what really drew me to slad in the first place. Oh yeah. Yeah, it looks like a kind of a pretty vicious creature. They have a strength of plus three, con of plus three. Uh, their their um, mental stats are all minus two, and their dex is a plus one. They also have magic resistance. Beefy boys. And they have a couple of abilities. They also have magic resistance, same as the tadpole. Uh, and they have the same uh, DR as the tadpole, acid, cold, fire, lightning, thunder. Hmm. And they, I, I should mention, they speak slad, but only via telepathy, and their telepathy is a range of 60 feet. Okay. And uh, Dark Vision, 60 feet. Your second ability is called Regeneration. At the start of the slide's turn, Uh if it has 1 HP or more, it just auto-regains 10 HP. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes it's such a pain in the ass to track as a GM, but uh, boy, can it, like, can really mess with um, 
with your players. You'd be like, how much hit points does this thing have? <laughs> you know? Yeah, the regeneration, <laughs> the can... magic resistance, and the DR already make this a deadly creature. Yeah, I always wanted to be like, uh, I just try to think about it. I, I don't always remember, but like if, if, if someone crits the, a creature like this and then the regeneration kicks in, like that's like maybe your cue to go and uh, you see some of that wound heal up and you're like, what? You know, but otherwise I would just keep it close to my chest and not tell anybody. Yeah. But if they crit, you know, and get a big hit and maybe give them a little something. Yeah, always. Hmm. They have a couple of attacks, specifically multi-attack. They can attack with one bite and two claws. Their bite is a plus six to hit, 2d4 plus three piercing. Their claws are plus six, 1d8 plus three slashing. If you remember, this is one of the ways they respawn. Mm. So if they hit, the uh, the target is required to make a DC 14 constitution save, or they are infected with a tiny slad egg if they are a humanoid. This is considered a disease. Mm-hmm. Each host can only carry one egg, and over three months the egg moves the chest, forms a tadpole, 24 hours before giving birth, the target starts to feel really unwell, and its speed is halved, and it has disadvantage on all checks, attacks, saves, and skill checks. And then, at the appropriate time, it chews through the host's vital organs in one round, immediately killing the host. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So quick. The disease can be cured before the tadpole emerges, disintegrating and uh, destroying the tadpole in, inside the, the body. Damn. Oh, man, there's nothing here to to tell you that you to indicate that you you need to tell the player. I wouldn't until they started to feel. You like roll me a con save, and they roll it, and you're like, okay, <laughs> you move on. And they're like, what the hell was that? You're like, well, I don't know. That's a hundred percent how I would play these creatures. Yeah. And I've done that before, but something with some with something far less deadly than this, and then all of a sudden they feel unwell, speed half, dis- disadvantage in all checks, and they only have 24 hours to figure out what the hell it is. And even then, like, how do you, how do you pinpoint that? Like, would you just allow a medicine check to, to discover that there's an egg in them? Like, that's so. If I so many things remember you correctly, you guys uh, used, I think, a divination check or or one of those weird magics. Okay. You hired a cleric. Like in, some sort uh, of spell. Okay. Yeah, you hired a cleric in Bryn Shander, and mm. uh, it was specifically. Um, uh, v are tabaxi and brawn are barbarian at at this cleric and they hired him to do something and it was some sort of it was divination or um, augury or, or some mm-hmm. low level spell like that and that's yeah. how you got that in right okay and then brawn's like i'm pregnant yeah <laughs> idiots <laughs> <laughs> uh he was dumb but we loved him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh, genetically male for for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and extremely stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think his intelligence was his dumb. His, his intelligence was very his emotional. Dumb stats. Yeah, yeah. I think Michael just played himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only saying that in hopes that Michael listens to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Won't happen. He won't. But yeah. <laughs> I hope one day. Next up on the list is the Blue Slad, a.k.a. the Talon Slad. They're a CR7, HP 123, and AC 15. Also large, chaotic, neutral aberration. Also speaks Slad only with telepathy 60 feet. Have the same DR, Acid Cold Fire, Lightning Thunder, and Dark Vision again. These cool. are your beef boys. These, these and beefcakes. Okay, yeah. I don't know why I I didn't think these things would be large. 
Uh, I thought they'd be medium, and then there would be some of them would be large, but they're just like large across the board. It seems, eh? Uh, well, spoilers. You're you're some right. Of... Some of them are medium. Oh, they, okay. All right. Cool. Right. Yeah. We just we're just covering the BB boys first. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. They're. Uh... Their mental stats are also their dumb stats. They have a strength of 20 mm-hmm. or plus 5 and a con of 18 or plus 4. Ooh, we're level 7. Yep. Or CR7, yeah. They also have advantage, or they also have magic resistance and regeneration, the same as the red slat, and they also have multi-attack. But their bite this time is plus 8 to hit mm-hmm. and 2d6 plus 5 piercing damage, so we've increased a die size there. Mm-hmm. And their claws are uh, also plus 8 and 2d6 plus 5. The blue, however, if you remember from our lore, infects you with chaos phage. So, again, humanoid only, Mm -hmm. also a disease. Uh, DC 15 con save. If infected, you cannot regain HP, period. Oh, my God. (laughs) Your max HP is reduced by 3d6 every 24 hours. Oh, man. If this reduces the target to zero HP at any time, it immediately becomes a red or a red slad, or if it has the ability to cast spells of third level or higher, it becomes a green slad. Oh man! Only wish can revert this change, though you can cure disease to remove the chaos phage. Right, but only uh, but once it happens, only wish can turn it back. Only wish can Oof. turn it back from a slad to a human. That is that's gnarly. Not a massive DC, but still. You guys have our ninth level, and you're still failing DC 15 con saves. Oh yeah, the, man, the the math is so small in 5e. That variance is so big. Yeah, um, it's a five percent five percent variance for each each number on the die. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, that's wild. Yeah, that's a <laughs> terrifying. That, that is a bad one. That's a PC killer right there. <laughs> I mean, three d six is no slouch. Like that—that's yeah. maximum eighteen HP you're losing every twenty four hours. And again, you don't have to tell anybody that they got it. <laughs> this is just happening, and they got to figure it out. I—I <laughs> I wouldn't until they tried to heal because they cannot regain HP right. either. So this yeah. will fucking end people very, very quickly. <laughs> oh, so brutal! I love it. And the next one is the green slat on the list, a.k.a. the Cursed Slad. CR 8, 127 HP, AC 16, large aberration, shape changer in parentheses. Okay. They also slad, telepathy 60 feet, DR is the same, senses is the same, but they also add 30 feet of blindsight. Okay. Oh, blindsight. Hot damn. Yeah. That's no, that's no slouch. Green slad, fuck. <laughs> or you could say they don't fuck around <laughs> yeah also that uh, they take a bit of a strength hit so strength is only plus 4 their dex is plus 2 their con also takes a hit to plus 3 but their intelligence goes up to 0 their wisdom goes up to minus 8 and their charisma goes up to plus 1 so they're they're mostly in the positives now instead of half in the negatives yep and we're only halfway through the slide list for those of you keeping track oh my god <laughs> Amazing. So their abilities, they have the same magic resistance and regeneration. They also have added shape changer. So with one action, they can polymorph into a small or humanoid. Um, so with one action, they can polymorph into a small or medium humanoid or back into its true form, which is the green slat. And its mm-hmm. stats stay the same, but it reverts back to the green slat if that form is killed. Okay. So they, they, But they're obligated to go down a size when they do it. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And that would be changing back to the creature that spawned them, essentially. I guess there aren't that many large humanoids, though, are there? I can't think or of are there? one. I mean, yeah. maybe giant has the subtype humanoid, but I think the subtype is just giant. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We also add spellcasting at this level. Uh, Charisma is their spellcasting modifier, so plus one, uh, and DC 12. I thought this one was interesting because they don't list uh, spell attack modifier. Oh. Um, Probably because their spells don't require it. Yes, I was just about to say that I did a quick scan. Um, None of them are actually uh, single target attacks. Yeah, it still would have been nice for them to add it, but yeah, I mean, you can figure it out. It's, It's... their spell it's, it's their it's charisma the plus formula. their their uh yeah proficiency plus proficiency, eight yeah. Or, no sorry yeah just the yeah charisma plus bonus plus uh proficiency yeah so it'd be plus um, four at this level yeah uh and the at will they can cast detect thoughts or magic uh mage hand twice per day they can cast fear and invisibility self only and once per day they can cast fireball right they also have multi-attack one bite Ooh. or two claws or staff or two hurl flames. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so bite is plus seven to hit, 2d6 plus four. Claw is the same, but 1d6 plus four. Staff is the same, but we're back up to 2d6 plus four, and it's piercing, slashing, bludgeoning in that order. Hurl flame is plus four to hit, which is their spellcasting modifier. 60 foot range, 3d6 fire damage, and it ignites flammable objects. Oh, man, you could do two of those. Two of those, yeah. I mean, it's a low chance to hit, but still. Well, lower. Um, but it's ranged. Wow, hot damn. <laughs> I, I gotta say, like, I love... Sometimes I love when, like, a creature is given um, a weapon automatically in the stat block, but the lore doesn't really... It gives you reason to wonder where the hell they got it. You know, it's like all green slot, they have a staff. But like, what if that green slot had come from the blue one causing the phage on your PC spellcaster? So where did they get the staff? You know, so you might ignore that. Or if you want to get really macabre, maybe um, once the tadpole comes out and and properly grows, they just like rip the spine out of their... (laughs) their host and use that as a staff or something yeah um i imagine if it was created from a humanoid staff it would be their uh arcane arcane focus or uh religious mm. uh symbol yeah yeah that'd be cool like grab under their arcane focus something like that and attach it to it like a sticker attach it to something doesn't necessarily have to be a staff i guess but no but but yeah yeah i i like that idea is that this is like yeah, a remnant a of idea. the human they used to be is is this arcane mm. focus that they're using as yeah. a staff or have attached to a staff and they are it's just a pile of skulls on top of a wooden stick mm-hmm. and i i already want to say like as far as the spell list goes we talked about this like, not that long ago i think i can't remember which creature it was but um you know i think it was flame skulls for most recently by all means adjust that spell list by you know based on what the host had I would oh say. yeah 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 100 yeah. percent. like if if it yep. comes from your pc wizard give it your pc wizard spells like why why the yeah. fuck not yeah and that's where you'll need your your spell attack bonus you know to do that do that formula and that math but but otherwise yeah, yeah. totally well, like, uh, remind me when we get into homebrew how i would homebrew the okay. green slide specifically because i have thoughts on it okay sure 
The next one on the list uh, is the penultimate slad. It is the gray slad, a.k.a. the rift slad or the executioner slad. <laughs> CR9, also 127 HP, AC 18. This is a medium chaotic neutral aberration, also a shape changer because they are spawned only from green slads, as we learned in the lore. <laughs> same telepathy, 60 feet, same DR, same senses, including the 30-foot blindsight. Strength goes down a bit here, so it's a plus three strength, but the dex goes up and the con goes up. So plus three to strength, plus three dex, plus three con, plus one int, minus one whiz, and plus two charisma. So we have increases across board except for the strength. Yeah, and they've gone down a size too, so yep. um, that is sort of reflected in their lowered strength and higher dex. Exactly, and I think it's what done so well. Uh, we have the same shape changer, regeneration, and magic resistance abilities, but we mm -hmm. add magic weapons, so all of their weapon attacks are magical, and spoilers, they have a weapon. Okay. And they also have spell casting, but we shift everything up a level, so it is uh, also charisma, still no ability score modifier, still no um, bonus here, but it's plus four, so it would be plus mm -hmm. six to hit. Uh, DC 14. Uh, at will, detect thoughts and magic, mage hand, invisibility, self only, major image. Twice per day now, we have fireball, fear, fly, and tongues. Once per day, plane shift, self. Awesome. Okay. Perfect, yeah. perfect list. Plane shift is like the big get out of jail free card. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm noping out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like uh, the first time we covered that was in Rakshasa. Yes, it's exactly. like that was like their big their big thing. Like, yep, they just they just nope the fuck out yeah. when they're about to die, <laughs> and as they should. Yeah, uh, they also have multi attack, so one bite and two claws or two great sword. Uh, which great sword? Okay, yeah, which counts as magical for the purposes of bypassing uh, uh, damage resistance. Mm -hmm. They have a plus seven to their bite, 1d6 plus three piercing. Their claws are also plus seven, 1d10 plus three slashing. And their greatsword is 2d6 plus three slashing. So it's not better, uh, but it's not worse. Is it not a little odd that these things have great swords, but they've, they've gone down a size and bumped up their decks? Yep. Like, why, why greatsword? <laughs> it seems like an odd choice. <laughs> I get that they're executioners, but, like, you know, you don't have to chop the head off. And even then, an axe would be better. But um, Yeah, great yeah. swords are oh. spectacular for getting through yeah. bone. Consider uh, a different weapon, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they're, they're even dead on strength and dex, so it's not that the great sword's a bad choice, uh, that there's something necessary that a dex weapon would be more preferable, but it just does seem, when you just mix, you know, match it with the fact that the strength has gone down by comparison and the size. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, all right. It probably Whatever. has to do with the uh, uh, hands. So I think greatsword is versatile, whereas a great axe is not. A greatsword is versatile? I thought it no. was. No? Okay. I trust you. No, I don't think so. I think, because a, a versatile is going to be pretty medium in size. A longsword is versatile. Oh, maybe that's uh, But a greatsword, definitely not. Um, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's it's mandatory two-handed. Uh, it is not. Makes it so oh yeah, it is. It is heavy two-handed. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. Um, I I don't see a whole mm -hmm. anything like I, as 
far as the slide go, uh, these are the only ones that I'm not um, I'm I'm not thrilled with. I I still love mm-hmm. them, but these these are my least favorite of. Them. Yeah, you know I just had a thought. Uh, apropos of nothing or or this a little bit, <laughs> um, you just made me think of uh, a rule that has kind of always annoyed me. And maybe there's a borderline solution that I'm about to steal from a video game. Um, I've always really disliked the idea of having the fact that, like, if you want to dual wield, both weapons have to be light weapons. I like this. I I, I kind of, you know, I want to dual wield, you know, two long swords, you know, and it might be a little more flavorful. And, and it, maybe there's a, a, a something to say about balance for that. But say so, so, like, in Dark Souls... Uh, that series in general, I mean, this is the, the math that I remember it having anyway, is that if you wanted to dual wield the same weapon and, it, you know, there were some weapons that were automatically you know, available for dual wielding, they, they were paired weapons, but like, if you wanted, to, if you had two long swords, you want to dual them, dual wield them, you had a minimum strength requirement to carry one and then you had to exceed that strength requirement by 50%, I think it was, in order to be able to hold one in your offhand with equal alacrity, if you will. Um, and I feel like if you can, I wonder if you could justify that in some way. Be- the reason I thought of that was because you have this this equal strength and dex with this with this uh, this slot here, the the gray one. It's got a seventeen, seventeen plus three plus three, and it just made me think, oh, how cool would it be to have like, you know, um, maybe not just like two long swords, but maybe that because they they're evened out, you can like make make a ruling that uh, one hand can be the the long sword and and one hand can be the short sword. And um, and sort of like utilize both stats at the same time, or the longsword not being a light weapon, um, and which by the rules would be disallowed. Uh, anyway, just just popped into my head because <laughs> I really hate really hate that that rule, especially with like, I guess I I wouldn't I wouldn't push too hard for you know two longswords per se, but it really bothers me that my my offhand can't be a a a, um, a light weapon while my 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 main hand is a is a heavier one. It doesn't have to be heavy per se, but like a long sword and a short sword. Why the hell not? You know, um, I mean, you can do it, but the rules is written. You you can't add your proficiency to your offhand like that, which I just think is dumb. I don't I don't really like it. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Um, I I would I'd be inclined to agree with you if the main hand weapon was finesse. Dual wielding is sure, notoriously okay. difficult. Like it is yes, very, surely. very yeah. hard. Yeah. Anybody who out there has even tried to play the piano or drum, like <laughs> getting that left hand yeah. up to snuff is fucking hard. Yeah, uh, so is. I would never in any game allow somebody to dual wield two martial weapons where they weren't mm-hmm. where one wasn't light and one wasn't finesse. Like Yeah. If you came to me and you're like, I want my rapier and my, my strong hand and my dagger and my offhand there's historical precedent for that, and you know the rapiers of right, finesse weapon. Sure. Um, yeah. So I don't see why why you couldn't do something mm-hmm. like that. Anywho, tangent over. Is there any more about the gray slot? <laughs> no, not the gray slot. We have one okay. last one in fifth edition, and we are going to jump right up to CR ten with Death Slot, aka the Lesser Masters. Oh. HP of one seventy, AC of eighteen. Medium chaotic evil this time as opposed to chaotic neutral. Aberration shape changer. Uh, same as the other ones, dark vision, blind sight, same DR, same slad telepathy. 
We see our strength bump back up to a plus five. Dex is plus two. Con is plus four. Intelligence is plus two. Wisdom is zero. And charisma is plus three. Nothing in the negatives on this one. Not a thing. Same magic resistance, regeneration, magic weapon, and shape changer as the other ones. Spellcasting shifts a little bit this time. Uh, we have a DC 15 and a plus 7 to hit. Uh, same at wills, detect dots, uh, magic, mage hand, invisibility, self only, major image. Twice per day we have fireball fear, flying tongues. And once per day we have cloud kill and plane shift. And the plane shift is not limited to self. Oh, okay. So they can nope you out <laughs> if they want. To. If they you fail that, that charisma save, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hot damn. Uh, and they also have the same setup as the gray slide, so it's a bite or two claws or two great swords. But the bite is plus nine, one d eight plus five piercing, and two d six necrotic. Oh, it's dealing necrotic damage. Yep. The claws is one d ten plus five and two d six necrotic, and the great sword is two d six plus five and two d six necrotic. Hot damn! So just like tagging necrotic damage into everything. If you were to min max this. You're doing 1d8 and 4, 8, 10d6 necrotic per round. Whew. That is not a small amount. Nope. <laughs> Although I've seldom been a level 10 character, I feel like, in 5e. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Um, it's hard to like wrap my head around how, how, uh, how much that's going to affect my character, but still. Still... It's no slouch. Yeah, if if it targets you with all three of its multi attacks, like yeah, it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna feel great even if you are a tenth level barbarian or fighter. Mm-hmm. That is it. That is slad. Okay, they're very. Um, uh, I guess they they it's reflective of the lore, I guess. But the the stat blocks are very straightforward. Yes, There's nothing, nothing alarmingly unique about any of them. They've got basic stuff that's easy to understand. I guess the only real extra flavor comes from the spell casting. Um, and then that can be Jimmy rigged a bit based on the, especially the green one spawning from a particular spellcaster or something or some such. And I don't know how much that would carry over to say the gray or the death slot, but all the, uh, they're, 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 they're cool. They're, they're resistant and they will pack a punch, but they would be, quite easy to run yeah i i love these creatures because i think they check every box for me as a gm they are Mm. medium to hit medium hp but they got a lot of dr they got uh, a lot of senses like blindsight 30 feet is kind of a big fuck you to players at level nine yep uh they've got magic resistance on top of that so you know you throw a fireball at them they're going to get two saves and then only take half the half damage if they succeed or half the damage if they fail. Hmm. Like, that's a huge fuck you to casters. And then on top yep. of that, they're going to regenerate 10 of that HP back at the beginning of their turn. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. And then any of these big boys can just be like, no, I don't feel like playing anymore and just nope themselves onto a different plane. And then whenever they feel like it, come back, cast invisibility on themselves, and just sneak up behind you and fuck you up with a greatsword. <laughs> yeah. 
just reminds me of the Re- generation reminds me of uh the recent episode of one of our favorite podcasts and and like they're fighting this creature and they're like how is it not dead yet like you're you're get you've given it fake hp and, like was yelling at the gm oh yeah it's like it's not it's not right and then i'm looking up the creature and the gm's like don't do that and then i look up the creature and i was like ah damn thing's got regeneration uh-huh. <laughs> that's why <laughs> it was like we're getting like 10 or 20 hp per turn i was like oh that's that bastard <laughs> high high uh, level pathfinder play is a bitch yeah that's crazy <laughs> uh that is the so, that is a, yeah. a little group of guys known as the glass cannon podcast you, yeah, you, you yeah. may not have heard of them yet but i think i think they're gonna be big <laughs> one day one day they'll make it <laughs> these, these, these kids i think they're gonna do great things yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah i am so happy with every one of these stat blocks i mean the gray slide could use a little bit of work but the the homebrew potential on the green gray and death slide i think is just amazing like if mm. you can get a pc early on like i would i i want to run a slide campaign like you know yeah i was about to ask do you see the these guys as a as a as a large campaign or do you see something bigger than them but they they don't serve it but maybe are manipulated by it you know and yeah. these are like the first you know half or first two thirds of the true big bad uh and overarching story because i love the idea of like early on like really like you know fucking up one of the pcs and you manage to like you know kill them or they turn into a slat or something like that and it's like so brutal and then they're fighting more powerful ones as they go and and they're fo- so focused on them but then somewhere behind the scenes you know it, it turns out these are just the you know unwitting pawns of is that something you would do or yeah so i'm I'm loath to spoil it, but I honestly don't think I'm ever going to get around to it. But the idea that I've had in my head is this this stranded mind flayer, uh, like this surgical mind flayer that hunts down these slads and pulls the control gems out of their head. They have like oh, this, yeah. this armory of slad control gems. And early on, like fourth level, I would introduce a blue slad and I would make sure somebody gets infected with chaos phage and i would make sure that pc dies of chaos phage <laughs> you know as soon as they hit fifth level they start to feel real gross and real bad and at least one of them goes for uh for for chaos phage or uh whatever level they get third level spells um, because i want them to be mm. a green slot so i would then take their mental stats and add them to the green slot but keep the green slot physical stats and I would consistently reintroduce this green slide. Um, you know, when they get to seventh level, uh, you know, it shows up with a couple more blue slides, and they they know what this blue slide can do by now. And then mm-hmm. the the green slide then just invisibilities themselves and gets the fuck out of there, or uses one of that PC's third level spells because I would also keep that PC's spells and spell slots. Right. Then I would bring that green slide back as a gray slot. This this executioner slad who has this intimate knowledge of the party, and then that green when the gray slad was was destroyed, I would have the nope out of there, and then I would introduce them to the the campaign villain, you know, at ninth or tenth level, what have you, probably tenth level. Yeah. Introduce You're them making... to this mind flare, and the mind flare then introduces this death slad 
but he introduces the Death Slot as the name of the the fallen PC, and their their penultimate battle is against their old PC in the form of a Death Slot again, keeping uh, whatever's <laughs> highest of the mental statistics and then the physical stats of this Death Slot and the spell slots, and just right. just go, just a rock, you know, one Death Slot and like two Blue Slots and you know like just this this slot invasion. Yeah. You, you're, you're making me want to do is like, my, I don't know if you remember my idea when we covered Elithids about the extraordinary, extraordinarily large cranium rat swarm that becomes entirely too intelligent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and you're, you're making me want to like have this focus on this, this do all of almost all of what you've said here. Like, you know, just copy what you're doing to a degree, but like have it's all set in this like plague ridden rat ridden victorian massive victorian like metropolitan landscape and uh and everyone knows diseases go around everyone knows that rats are everywhere everyone knows it's filthy and dirty and everyone knows there's nothing much they can do about it but like here we have mind flares in the background and these slatty are are like some of the more obvious um dangers you know but they don't know that they're being controlled by such and such like when you said mind flare right away i was like oh but they're like a disappointing cr i remember and then i was just like oh wh- what did we cover in elithids you know what about um uh what about the alhoon what about the elithrid uh yeah and then, i was like, thinking the alhoon this, tracker this in there creature that's been cast out of mind flare society because yeah all it wants to do is collect these chaos gems and and sow fear and, and chaos among the human population and feed it right. that way like jack the ripper but jack the ripper is this illithid and it has this army of these toad soldiers <laughs> but even the alhoon is only cr10 i just looked it up and so it's equating yep. the CR of your, your slats. I'm like, how can you go even bigger? How can you go farther? Elder brain, right? But like, how can you go farther than the elder brain? Elder brain's CR 14. Massive homebrew cranium rat king swarm. Oh, yeah. That would be really cool, too. <laughs> like, I would just, I would like make it CR 18 or something. And I would make the entire metropolitan town its lair and homebrew lair actions and lair effects and like the whole through the whole campaign the regional effects that you would get with a creature like that are are like it's literally everything happening that seems like status quo in this dark and dour time but it's actually because of the regional effects of this massive cranium rat king oh that would be awesome uh, i love it <laughs> just like let's yeah you let's, get through all the slatty and then you're like and, and you're fighting elithids and alhoons and mind flares along the way and you're unraveling this conspiracy only to find out it's a giant swarm of rats that's not not unlike the worm that walks remember we covered that yep um yeah uh ugh, that'd be so much fun <laughs> i mean like who who needs strahd <laughs> come on yeah. i would just i probably just steal barovia and just replace all of the uh all of the um just steal uh, victorian london creatures. like we could actually just yeah. <laughs> find a map of victorian london and just rename right? all the streets <laughs> oh that would be wicked let's do it man i'm here I'd for it let's love write to it play that <laughs> we're writing it let's do it <laughs> uh, listeners with, with more of your support <laughs> we can afford to put the time in let's start a kickstarter <laughs> we could i'm i'd be open to that i've always oh, wanted to write man. a module um and you know we're we're talking about like level players get up to level 10 at max and you know we do the cranium rat swarm at like level 13 or 4 or cr 13 or 14 
No, I want it to be bigger. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I well, would want to. I'm currently feeling ambitious in, in this right. moment. <laughs> I would want to max the players out around 10th level because as soon as they yeah. hit 11th, all of a sudden we start hitting like gods and superhero status. And... Yeah, 5e gets pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, they all get <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy. Hmm. Uh, what about anyway. you? Any, uh, have you ever run slides? Have you ever th- wanted to run slides? Have you ever thought about running slides? Um, I feel like I feel like I probably thought of that at one point. I I have this. Uh, it may not be an accurate memory, but I feel like I had this very specific memory of reading about these in. I used to go to this cafe in when I lived in Melbourne. Um, and used, and I would sit there. I would be the. <laughs> it would be so obvious. People would be there with their laptops. And, you know, and it was like a very, like, you know, bougie, uh, hipstery cafe. It wasn't even cheap, but the food was, the food was so good. And I would just like sit there in the day and I would pull out the monster manual and I would just read it. (laughs) And it would be so obvious. I'd have the physical book in front of me and I would go in all the time and, uh, and they just kind of got to know me. I think they thought it was kind of funny, but like, obviously I didn't give a shit. (laughs) And I, I had, I feel like I remember reading these pictures while sitting at the, this sort of communal table that they had there. And, uh, and I loved it. Um, and I, uh, I I remember thinking about how fun these things would be run, but, um, but I, I I have no recollection of like what I would have done with them. So I, yeah, I don't have much. It's all very vague in my memory right now. Okay. But I would. I love the idea of like utilizing that control gem thing on the um, on the enemy side. I think that's I would I would follow suit in that. That's definitely what I would do. Rather than utilize it to, I mean, you could. Uh, I wouldn't turn down the entire idea of of making sure a control gem was possible for the PCs to acquire. Um, but I I would center. Um, the danger of these slotties based on that someone else has them and is utilizing them, uh, you know, for the heroes to take down, uh, like yeah. you said. I think I would definitely do that. If you really wanted to nerf them, I think they could be a really cool, like, animal companion for a ranger, like this, like a CR5 blood slide. Yeah. You know, with a control gem. I, I think that could be kind of cool, like, specifically, like a Gloomstalker or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, if Gloomstalkers get animal companions, I've never played a ranger in 5e. Um, I forget. I think, no, I think they'll have to take the Beastmaster subtype. Oh, maybe. Or what, what do you call it? I think, yeah. So I think, no. I think there's only one type of ranger that, that gets one. Okay. Um, it's been a hot minute for me, too. Yeah. But I... Yeah, I I could be cool to give the party like this this chaotic evil um, to throw it back to the GCP uh, like Razmataz esque giant toad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, it could be like a a, a pseudo companion that just like wants to be chaotic and murderous, but you know you disallow it. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah, constantly going against its nature. For those who don't get that reference, the GCP they had they, temporarily they had a, a a red cap. Did we cover red caps? We did yet? cover red caps. Yeah, yeah. In uh, April, they had a red cap of last year, <laughs> named uh, named Rasmataz. I think we <laughs> I we name checked think... Rasmataz in April. <laughs> oh, did we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and it was it was so funny, and he just wanted to murder everything all the time, and it was, it was such a great like comedic relief for for a short time. Yeah. Um, and that you know that's how I would play. Like I would, I would, I don't think I'd give them like a blue slat or like a green slat, but like 
mm-hmm. this red slat who only wants to cut people to infect them. I think that'd be kind right. of fun. Yeah. And like can't communicate because they only speak slat. <laughs> yeah. They just keep making these weird croaking noises in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> could be fun. Yeah, that could be pretty fun. Ah, uh, but what about you, listeners? Do you have any experience with Slatty? Do you have a homebrew for the Void or the Chrono Slad in 5th edition? Get at us at Twitter EncounterPod or Facebook.com backslash EncounterPod or Instagram at Encounter.Pod. If you want to check out some of those past episodes like the Red Cap from Faple, you can find that at our website EncounterThis.ca where we have our entire back catalog of episodes free of ads and free of charge. But if you do want to give us some money for whatever fucking reason that might be, you can find us on <laughs> patreon.com backslash capture $5 a month will get you a handwritten thank you letter and access to our show notes. You can see the documents we use to produce these shows if you want a little behind-the-scenes action. For $10 a month, you can suggest a creature like our most recent Gorojumo from 13th Age, where we got a, we got a throwback from Jonathan Tweed on that one, which made my life yeah, uh, Jonathan, one of the, creators. Tweet, the creator, one of the creators of Thirteenth Age, and one of the lead designers for Dungeons and Dragons in the past editions. Uh, super cool, super vindicating. But if you want us to, uh, I don't know, cover a creature in Pathfinder and then try and get Jason Bowman to name check us, we are fucking. <laughs> and all of that gets you access to our private Discord as well as our one dollar tier, so you can pop in there and tell us immediately how wrong we are or how right we are well that's why they might want to give us money james you always say you're not sure why but but what what realistically what they can do is they can access our private discord and slide into our dms Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> i'll allow it <laughs> i was literally like sitting here smiling to myself but i'm gonna put it in i have, I have no doubt <laughs> Uh, but thank you for listening to this episode, and we hope you enjoyed February, even though I personally believe it should be pronounced February. <laughs> uh, go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's our portmanteau. We can decide where the slice is. It could, the slice could be after the R. Doesn't have to be before the R. But when we disagree, when when we disagree, you say we can decide. But when you and I, there's only two of us. Who's who? Who decides? Who's where's our where's our swing vote? (laughs) Well, that would be where the listeners come in at that one dollar tier. Slide into our Discord and vote. Is it? Is there an R in M February? Is there? Is there a second R in M February? Is probably the more accurate way to say that. There we go. Our, our newest Patreon goal will have swing vote polls. Oh, on, yeah. On really, really trivial issues. <laughs> Those are the only ones we disagree on. <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will get at you again in two weeks with our very next episode, which will be our next episode. <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. 